watching all movies with Rebecca and Jason. Are you gonna love them or hate them? Here comes, comes the binge. binge. Hey everybody, we're back. Welcome to the Binge Movie Podcast, in which a couple of homos review the latest movie theater releases. I am still Jason Leroy. And I am somehow still Rebecca Olarte. And today we're going to talk about three movies. <sighs> I guess you'd call them uh, Fifty Shades Darker, John Wick, Chapter 2, and the Lego Batman movie. And as always, we're going to rate these movies on a three-tiered scale, with Binge It being our highest rating. Consume in moderation means it's okay, but it's kind of meh. And send it back means... Trump's president, so who cares anyway? Fuck it. (laughs) Yeah. Burn it down. Exactly. Watch whatever you want. Don't watch whatever you want. Yeah. No. no, There's no rules anymore. There's no such thing as quality of life. No. Um, so really, who cares? It's just nihilism. Is exactly. That, it's just, is that all there is playing the background on loop and I feel every like day, as, all day? If you've already kind of been, had that mindset anyway, this really just pushes you into, it almost justifies mm-hmm. a lifetime of nihilism. Sweet, sweet vindication. Are you talking about yourself right now? Uh, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, talking about a friend. So guys, it's been a minute uh, since we have done this show. Uh, in fact, it's been so long that we had a different president last time we did this show. Is that really? Yeah. There's been a change in administration. I don't know if you guys have heard um, since the last time we did this show. And um, and you could say that, you know, we were protesting by not making the show. But no, mm, that's no. what they want. No. Um, that's, what, that's what they want, meaning fun muffins. Fun muffins <laughs> wants us to protest by... Uh, not doing the show and um, other people who like quality podcasts and we're not gonna let them win exactly no i saw some dumb fuck on facebook post this article this like, fake... it was your mom jason <laughs> <laughs> mom we're teasing um <laughs> someone um because she is one of many people who has repeatedly reached out to me and said where's the new episode oh really um, over the last few weeks yes um so <laughs> um huh. Uh, and, and, and thank you to all who, who expressed your deep anger and resentment that we were not making the show. Wait a minute. It was no concern. It was all just anger. It was mostly like impatience, hmm. I would say. I don't know about this relationship with the <laughs> listeners that we have. They say it's addictive and they, and they want to, they, they need the hit. They need a fix. They do. And, oh, and I, right, I, can get, I, I mean, can understand that. Yeah. You're like, I, 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 that, I, that's been your curse in life. Really. Everybody, you know, name yeah. it. You name it. No, yep. no. Um, just not to this podcast. No, I saw, um, someone posted this fake news article that was like, Hollywood leaders announce a four year boycott until Trump is out of office with like the key art being a picture of like Miley Cyrus. <laughs> I'm like, well, this seems legitimate. <laughs> and then sure enough, there were like 50 comments people being like, well, good riddance. All oh, right. I'm like, oh, you idiots. I'm like, okay, I'm like, this is, is it, the, okay, you know, there's other things, you know, which is, I mean, that's how we all feel every time we look at Facebook these days. Uh, You're just yeah. like, what, but, but, no, but first of all, no, are you, yeah. um, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, that's not happening. You should be so fucking lucky. Um, you people who wish that was happening. Um, the Hollywood's, people behind 13 hours aren't going to stop. No, 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 they are not. And if they're not going to stop, then we can't stop either. Yeah. We're, we are all required to be here chronicling all of these things. There's all, and, there's uh, the rest of the world makes movies. Also, that's not happening. So this is not even, <laughs> we're coming up with a contingency plan because it's not happening. <laughs> but we are planners, um, even though we did not plan to take a full month off. Was um, it was a whole month? Yeah. It was a month. Um, but Happy uh, New Year. So let's... <laughs> How was your Christmas? <laughs> um, so let's let's talk about why it's been a month. Okay. Uh, Rebecca. You just want to shame me publicly. I do. So what's been up with you, Rebecca, these last several weeks? Uh, that is a funny question. <laughs> I was just, I was out of town for a couple of weeks uh, for a work trip. Um, and then I was out of town again for another, more of a social work trip. Um, and, and I was sick. That was the other thing. I was really sick right before my trips. Mm-hmm. Um, this one you didn't give me. So right. I got it all on my own. Right. Um, apparently, I talked to other people who are also sick. So yes, um, it's not just your fault. Um, but right. otherwise, um, so yeah, it's been you know it's been a while. I miss watching movies. I miss fighting with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I miss mm-hmm. doing this. Um, right. And it's good that it wasn't from me because when we made out the holiday party, I was thinking that oh man, she's definitely going to get it from me. I know. Um, but I'm glad to know that that didn't happen. It didn't. And um, and to and to, to emphasize, only one of the three weeks we missed was planned. Um, to yeah. to be mm-hmm. missed. One was sick, and then one was quite a kerfuffle. Oh boy! Um, <laughs> which uh, which Rebecca does not have to get into. She does not want to. No, no. I mean, it was just so I, we went to um, we went on a work ski trip. And- <laughs> 
Yes, director hate mail to Rebecca Orlarte, <laughs> care of the Binge Movie Podcast. Um, which sounds, you know, uh, ridiculous and obnoxious, yes. I understand. Um, it is both of those things. But also, it was only one night. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure, they gave you a glass of champagne when you checked in. Sure, sure the, I had two. Sure, the opera ski accommodations were deluxe. Well, I mean, there were a couple of party options for the opera <laughs> ski, um, but you know, uh, you know, eventually you're you're still in nature. And um, <laughs> when I was taking the shuttle home, um, it was just a really um, intense snowstorm, for which I feared for my life, and um, got uh, uh, what's the right word? Revenanted. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that part of the revenant where he gets super blackout drunk. <laughs> On a bus, it was just like that. It's like the bus was the bear, and then I was a drunk person in it, just just barreling down the hill to my what I thought was eventual doom. And yes. then I, I got home and I was all yes. shaken up, so I went to karaoke, yes. and we didn't get a chance to record. We and I'm sorry, we did not. Um, I did feel bad, and then I was like, "Fuck it!" <laughs> I was like this bus is a metaphor for the country right yes. now, and I'm just I'm gonna go out. Uh, she, drunk as fuck. Guys, I did get some drunk text from Rebecca to that effect um, about, this is like the country, uh, <laughs> while she was in the middle of this scenario. You're like, it was like, just <laughs> these, like, these, these frantic texts, like, I'm living in Trump's America. Uh, <laughs> so it was, it was very concerned for her. But I'm sure it was, Trump was spelled like F-T-L. <laughs> the way it was spelled, I believe, on his uh, immigration papers, whenever his family oh, first came here. That's Trump. Um, that's Trump. Um, and, uh, you know, last week we were going to talk about, um, a movie that, did you watch I'm Not Your Negro? No. God. <laughs> we were not, turns out we were, we were, we were not going to watch, it was just going to be me last week, it turns out, so it's all the better. I need to figure, I need to teach you how to set this stuff up by yourself. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I mean, hold the power, so I, you can't, guys, you can't produce yeah, this I don't know if you me. realize this, I, I, I didn't even think this is something that people would assume, um, but that was me making an ass out of you. And me by thinking that people would assume that I know how to do these things. Guys, I do not know how to do anything. Mm-hmm. I am just a pretty face. What's this called? Um, the Mixer? Yeah, yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, what's this called? <laughs> Your vagina? Wow. <laughs> really uh, uncomfortable. Close. A computer. Uh, oh, um, all right. I mean, a this, this is how you make your money. To be, but, to be honest. Uh, it is. Uh, yeah, I don't know how to do any of this, guys. I just show up and talk over Rebecca for about an hour. Yep. And um, that's all I bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when Rebecca's not here, I am completely and utterly lost. You have nobody to talk over Mm-mm. and nobody to record you doing it. Yeah, because if I talk over my husband, he will literally just go into the bedroom and play video games the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. So um, Wait, there are video games in the other room? Well, on his phone, I should say. Oh. I sound like, he plays the video games on his telephone, um, <laughs> you see. so I see. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that is why when Rebecca is out of service. <laughs> Indisposed. <laughs> right, then there is no binge. There was definitely um, a period of time where I went into the restroom of the back of the shuttle and then in the snow I was just tossed around and I thought I broke my hand in the door. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, it was really hard for me. Yeah. I hope you understand. Uh, I did. I, I, I was very understanding you in, were actually in my texts really with you. Very understanding. I yes. was like, wow, he, okay, he understands how dire this is. I do. I did. I'm, I'm, I'm teasing you well, now, I, but I, 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 at the time. I felt, I could tell that you were very, and also I just hate sitting around and waiting. And so that was the main thing I was like, okay, I was I'm aligned out. with you on. I was like, oh no no, I mean like because you were since you were like trapped there. Oh right, yeah, that's a weird feeling. Yeah, so I was like, that was the main thing I was like connecting with you on. Um, but then when I things escalated in your text exchange with me, I, I was to like, review things those are texts. things are. She is not doing to? well. I don't know. I need to look at my text. You know, history. consult the Facebook and see what you said to everybody. Um, that's but, where I talk to people. Yes, exactly. Just lots of just distressed up status updates <laughs> and all of your like secret. Twitter accounts that you have well, that you think I don't know about. I mean... But, uh, but you know, it's uh, we do need to figure out... I was thinking, like, oh, maybe I should just start doing, like, voice memos. And I'm like, but I want to upload it to iTunes. Oh, you're um, so precious. <laughs> I could teach you. Uh, yes, but do you want to give me that power? Or no, do you want to continue to lord it over me? No, I have. I want to keep lording it over Yes, because yeah, there's leverage in this. Yeah, there's a, you know, like a sort of a dy- power dynamic. There's a power dynamic. Which leads us which into, leads our, into first our first movie. <laughs> Fifty Shades Darker. <laughs> In case you were wondering, who was the Dom? We all know. Yeah. When a wounded Christian Grey tries to entice a cautious Anna Steele back into his life, she demands a new arrangement before she will give him another chance. 
As the two begin to build trust and find stability, shadowy figures from Christian's past start to circle the couple, determined to destroy their hopes for a future together. You got me looking so what do you want, Anastasia? This time, no rules, no punishments, and no more secrets. So we're starting off with a movie that I did not get to watch. Which is a real shame, I think. Yeah. I feel like you would have really enjoyed this. I really wanted to see it. Having seen the first film, um, Mm -hmm. and also um, just because I feel like it would be a fun movie to review... Yeah, I think that oftentimes we, when we don't watch movies that we necessarily would want to watch, mm-hmm. um, I think I told somebody this recently because they were like, "What movie are you seeing?" And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, "What yeah. movie did you see yesterday?" And I was oh, like, "John yeah. Wick 2. And uh, <laughs> they were like, "Really? Do you watch like independent films?" <laughs> <laughs> so then, after I died, <laughs> I, I think that I'm like such I think, a shaming question. <laughs> Jason, Jason's looking for the next showgirls. He's waiting for us to go to a movie and then just be able to showgirls about it. So I feel uh, like that's part of the reason we see um, all sorts of movies. Guys, if there's any question as to how we select the films we watch, it's based on what is opening the week of the. That's t- also of very what true. We're taping. Very true. There are no notable independent films opening in San Francisco this week, and so we are reviewing instead three high-profile blockbuster sequels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they all are. Um, it is not shade to independent films. We are not that ignorant. <laughs> um, so, you know, you have to, we, we're here, we're a holistic movie review <laughs> podcast. We see everything, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. minus some of that wolf video shit <laughs> uh, where we've been misled. Um, so, but anyway, yeah, um, that's, anyway. Just how, that's just how the cookie crumbled this week. And, you know, you see the good, you see the bad. I saw fucking the space between us for an episode we end up not even taping. <laughs> so, <laughs> we. <laughs> We Oops. we all take bullets. Yeah, um, true. And um, and this and this week it just so happened that um, Rebecca had to take the bullet of Fifty Shades Darker. I did, even though she's a dom. Um, I think that well, you said something important already. Um, you've seen the first movie. I have. And most sequels that we see, um, I don't think it's you know it's super important, especially on something like this. You would expect them to s- explain a lot. And you did not get to watch the first. I one. I did not get to watch the first one. So you dove in. And I feel like this is definitely a movie where a lot of it references their relationship in the first movie. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can figure it out, but I feel like a lot was lost because I didn't realize what happened. And I think mm-hmm. that like... You're like, wait, men and women have sex together? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot <laughs> going on. on here. This is not what I signed up what for. What is this perversion? Um, but the, the whole dynamic of their relationship is was, you know, is the plot of the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really an important backstory. So I would not recommend this movie, first of all, to people who have not seen the first one. If you want to see it this Valentine's Day weekend be sure to catch the first one in the meantime yes um yeah i would imagine that would be helpful it's clutch it's, it's clutch it's it's <laughs> isn't doesn't clutch mean like well and that means a lot of things okay. <laughs> because I've heard, i hear kids saying it and i've been trying to put it clutch is like problem. it's crucial yeah or i thought it was clutch it could also just mean like cool like those are some pretty clutch seats you got there oh gosh i'm not that young <laughs> And you aren't either, so stop. Those are some pretty clutch seats I just got for for this Beach Boys reunion tour. (laughs) Just kidding. We already saw that. That's Um, not an upcoming show. Yeah. Um, But you saw the first one. I did see the first one. Tell me a little bit about that quickly. (laughs) Quickly. Uh, (laughs) Please. (laughs) So, um, okay. Well, let's talk for a second. Let's take it back even further than that. And let's talk about what Fifty Shades um, represents. Um, culturally. Mm-hmm. So it is obviously a tremendous laughing stock. Mm-hmm. Um, it is uh, a source of derision. Mm-hmm. It is an easy target. It's an us against them. Yes. Um, and the them in this case is almost exclusively women. Uh, <laughs> oh, what a surprise. Yeah. It's that old dynamic again. Exactly. Which is what I'm saying here. You know, so I feel like, I feel like Fifty Shades gets, um, I feel like there's been a lot of misogyny in the kind of overall condemnation of Fifty Shades Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. by, like, you know, the tastemakers. Mm 
um, because it's like, oh, it's something that, that, you know, everyone calls it mommy porn. Mm-hmm, right. Which is kind of sexist and ageist yeah. <laughs> to be like, oh, only like dried up old women will, uh, oh, read God. this shit. Here's the question, though. It, that's about the book. Did, were there any um, no, there, results about the demographic of seeing the movie? No. I felt there were, like, there were a lot of guys in the movie that um, that I went to go see, mm-hmm. and they were into it. Like There were a lot of guys that were just like well, yelling have, at the screen. It does have more female nudity than it does male nudity, right? Uh, no. Well, let's talk about mm-hmm. uh, just a quick... Oh, you want to know about his butt? Well, I mean, I remember it from the first movie, fondly. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still no dong, right? Uh, no, there's uh, no front, frontal nudity at all. Okay, um, because it says in the um, rating description, brief graphic nudity, which is always code for frontal. I don't think so, no. Mm. Okay, so no rush then. Um, no rush. Oh, and I finally got to see, I looked at, I found a clip of Chris Pratt's butt scene from Passengers. Oh, you found it on, on the gay internet? And, and I have to say, I, I actually was a little let down. It was almost too muscly, oh, the butt. Oh, huh. Um, I don't really know where to draw that line. (laughs) I know. I've seen yours. (laughs) It's so muscly. It is. It's like the Grand Canyon back there. Um, But uh, but (laughs) just granite, granite, polished. It hurts, actually. It hurts sometimes. (laughs) But anyway. Stalactites, stalagmites. So Um, what did you think of the first one? Did you enjoy it? Well, so I I would. Okay, here's what I enjoyed about it. Um, I enjoyed Dakota Johnson. Yeah, she's fantastic. Very much. I enjoyed her very much. Uh, I think that she had, she was kind of the whole everything about that movie for me because she played, the way she played the character of Anastasia, she plays her sort of like smart and skeptical and, um, you know, and just in a way that felt like relatable and Mm -hmm. funny and she brought so much humor to it. Yes. And um, the first film also was directed by a woman, Sam Taylor Johnson, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and adapted by a woman, Kelly Marcel. Um, and I feel like in, in, in the thing, you know, the big behind the scenes drama for this is that they were at constant brutal battle with E.L. James, oh, the right, author of right. the book, the books, throughout the production. Mm-hmm. And so it was a funny instance of these two women the director and the screenwriter trying to redeem and save and salvage this, this story Mm -hmm. from the woman who wrote it. And the one who wrote it is like, no, no, no. Like my fans, you know, they like the way I write Mm -hmm. and the director and writer are like, but you're a bad writer, (laughs) a very bad writer. Right. And we can't have the people, we can't hire actors and ask them to say the shit that you have them say in the book. And um, so it was. There was a lot of animosity. Sam Taylor Johnson has spoken about in interviews as like the most traumatic experience of trying to deal with E.L. James. Um, and I think the resulting movie was fine. Um, I thought that it was. What I appreciated was sort of the overwhelming focus on female consent mm-hmm. and on female pleasure, mm-hmm. uh, since that's kind of what's it. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's that's kind of the whole. The negotiation that Christian and Anna have is about like what she is consenting to do with him. Okay. And so in a way, I feel like the first movie kind of almost made consent sexy um, because it's kind of like, okay, let's like set the ground rules so that we can like play and have fun mm-hmm. and, you know, and bang. Uh, so, <laughs> which is, you know, now you know my, now you know my, my, my foreplay talk. Uh, <laughs> let's play and have fun and, uh, you know, bang. Uh so sorry don't try not to fall in love guys away with words um so i I appreciate that about it and um and i thought that dakota johnson really killed it and jamie dornan was he did what he could i mean he was someone who was brought in at literally the last minute yeah who was it supposed to be originally it was supposed to be um uh charlie hunnam from sons of anarchy oh right 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 that would have been interesting yeah um and then he dropped out very late and um they brought in jamie dornan and I hear from the reviews I've read that he looks even more chiseled in the second one because he had more time to prepare for all of his nude scenes. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen him in the f- first one, obviously, but he's in that show, The Fall. Yes, he where is. He plays that like yes, a rapist murderer. Yep. So he's uh, he's got a he's being pigeonholed. <laughs> right, which is I remember when he got cast, I was like, but he plays a rapist murderer. <laughs> Are women going to be into this? And apparently, the answer was yes. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, so I was I was fine with that. But here's what's happened now. So El James signed she got focus features to sign basically like a faustian deal with the devil with her 
um, to make the rest of the movies where she got final approval on wow. everything. Wow. And like any girl's girl would, she booted the female director, booted the female screenwriter. They hired a dude, James Foley, to direct the second film. And he and has directed... Some B-movies. And also, wait, is he not the director of movies such as Fear? Oh, yes. And that... Glenn Gary Glenn Ross? Yeah, I know he's the director of Fear. Did he do Glenn Gary Glenn uh, Ross? Yeah. That's crazy. That's insane. That's really insane. The same person did both of those. So James Foley directed this time. And the adaptation of the book is written by E.L. James' husband. I'm sorry, what? The screenplay of this film is written by her husband. Oh, her husband. I yes. thought you said his husband. No, E.L. James' husband, not James oh, Foley's wait, husband. Oh, what? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. So Interesting. The, uh, yeah. So because she was like, well, my husband's not going to, you know, like he'll look out for me and he'll look out for everything that's so good about my writing. Um, in his adaptation of this. So, wow. and when I, you know, I know I was just talking about not deriding this stuff, but I think it's important to sort of differentiate. Like, I don't, you know, I don't want to deride Fifty Shades because it's female targeted erotica. I think there's, that's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. I think it just so happens that E.L. James is a horrible writer. Um, yeah. but, um, but I mean, but okay, cards on the table. I've never read the book. I'm just saying that based on the snippets I've read and from things people have read to me, I've never read Fifty Shades of Grey. I thought that's why you bought a Kindle. <laughs> I think that's why right, most so people buy Kindles. Shades. Um, um, okay, so back to the movie at hand. Yes, yeah, so all of that to set up Fifty Shades Darker. Um, so you you dove into it. What mm-hmm. were some questions that you were thinking when you were watching it based on like not knowing the first movie? <laughs> Why did this woman next to me bring her mom? <laughs> <laughs> was question number one, and it really sat with me for half the movie. Well, nice woman, but... Uh, and I understand that, you know, if, if it is something that is popular with older women, but like... To go with your mom is really a relationship That's, that I don't understand. I mean, we should all aspire to be so close to our mothers. I guess, <laughs> I guess so. San Francisco, you know, this is just how people are here. Question number two, which may have been raised in uh, the first movie, I'm not sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if you're going to have this movie that is like so incredibly sexy, yeah. why are you going to set it in the least sexy city in the United States? Seattle. Seattle. <laughs> I mean, surely, Seattle is like the friend zone of cities. I mean, it's it, so gross. Why I not mean, New York or L.A. or San Francisco? I mean, Cleveland. It's not the least sexy. It I is mean, like surely of, it of could, the big cities. It, it is. Could, it could be in like Tampa. There's a sexiness in Tampa. American Honey. American Honey is not in Florida. I mean, it basically is. <laughs> the movie is Florida. You're the like, movie. you're like, listen, Florida's sweaty and, <laughs> and hence automatically sexy. Florida's like a state of mind. It's in addition to being a place. <laughs> Boise. What about Boise? Uh, I mean, then it wouldn't even be that movie. Sure. Well, I mean, I guess I, when I think Seattle, I think like, well, okay, well, think... it's, well, it's because of Twilight. That's why it's in Seattle, because it, it started as Twilight fan fiction. Oh, it did? Yeah. Oh. So Fifty Shades when started... When I think of Seattle, I think of um, scrambled eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Which Was it tossed salad to and scrambled eggs? That Frasier isn't sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, I feel like I was you're a building. Big Daphne fan. You're building the opposite case. I really with, am. With Never mind. Reference. Fine, Seattle. Um, but no, Twilight was based in the Pacific Northwest, and Fifty Shades started as Twilight fan fiction. Um, so, which is a true thing. How do they overlap? Um, the dynamic between Anna and Christian is meant to parallel the dynamic between Bella and Edward in Twilight. Do you like the way I baited you to be, into admitting to, uh, that I know those names? Yeah. Listen, I am a pop culture person. Sure. Okay. And Kristen Stewart was just on SNL, given given Trump the what for. She really so it's did. All, it's all fresh in my memory. And you are my little Totino. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget we know, that. We know what this year's holiday party is going to look like. So the, those were the uh, those are the big questions I had. Yeah. Um, I was going I was going into it. I was sort of dreading it. Um, so. The things that I liked, mm-hmm. uh, even though I don't feel like I had the basic understanding of the dynamic of their relationship, which this whole movie is built on, they do outline it uh, to a degree. And I think it's really interesting. So they're trying this new thing where they have a normal, you know, quote, normal relationship. They're normaling. But yeah, they're normally. Um, she's not having a sexual walkabout. Um, <laughs> but, um, and you know, and it struggles because he is an insane person who has uh, dossiers on people. And, um, you know, just, de- you know, casually knows somebody's bank account and deposits $24,000 into it, you know, like on a whim. Mm. So he does all these things that are really crazy. Um, and she's trying to say, like, no, you can't do that. That's not what a relationship is. You don't own me. Um, but, I, I, but I thought that that was pretty much it could have been enough for the movie. The unfortunate part is that they try to fit in all of these other little weird stories that make it like a thriller and almost like an action movie. There's like this helicopter crash at one point that looks like a looks like a terrible action movie. Um, there is a scene that I 
feel guilty that I saw without you where uh, Marsha Gay Harden slaps Kim Basinger in the face after Dakota Johnson has already thrown her drink on her. Wait, Dakota Johnson has thrown her drink on Kim Basinger? And Kim, yeah, and Kim Basinger. And then Marsha Gay Harden walks up and slaps her wet face. <laughs> That's, so look for that gif. Coming soon. Coming soon. Oh, oh, oh my God. God, yeah. how have I not, how has the gay press not covered this? The only thing people are talking about is the fact that there's a Chronicles of Riddick poster. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right? What was that? I don't know. They, they go to his like childhood bedroom and there was, it, like, I've never seen a shot framed where it looked more obvious like you were supposed to be looking at this poster in the background. <laughs> and it's a Chronicles of Riddick poster. I, I was like, well, I don't understand the association, but uh, I'm, I guess there is none. <laughs> but overall, I mean, it's, it's a kind of a shame because I feel like, you know, they're, you know, they're really good looking the sex scenes are fun and interesting okay. um, she brings humor to it Get, talk, talk about that talk about the sex scenes since they're oh, the big draw here perfect yes uh, my favorite yes um <laughs> take me give me a play-by-play this is the other thing i feel like it would have been different if i would have seen the first one because i they explain that he pushed things to the limit at the mm-hmm. end of the last one right um and that was kind of what broke things down but i don't know what that was so i don't know how to compare this one to the last one right if I... anything it seemed much more tame than i thought it was going to be yeah um, it's still an r-rated movie it's not you know sure. 17 and i mean i i knew there wasn't going to be like full frontal it wasn't going to be mm-hmm. like a french movie but right. no at boners. the same time like you see a lot of like uh you see a lot of uh toys and and, and instruments but only a few of them Apparati. are used <laughs> if you will um but only a few of them are used. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it, I think they're they're it's interesting. Um, th- every scene is set up uh, for the next sort of experiment mm-hmm. um, that she's willing to try. Um, but yeah, there's just all these weird kind of like predators that are coming after her. Right. Um, there's like his ex. Mm-hmm. There's another one of his exes. There's her boss, and it's just these like really really manufactured scenes that pop up, and none of them follow each other or make mm-hmm. any sense or like last the whole movie. Um, so it kind of turns into it a kind thriller. Of ruins it. Yeah, and a it, thriller with too many threads. Exactly, and it and the thriller parts are even they're just acted poorly. It feels like nobody's on board with them. Mm-hmm. Um, it it just feels really fake, and so that's kind of a shame. I wish it was just about them. Is it kind of like a porn where it's trying to like make you care about the plot of the porn? I've never seen a porn that makes you try to make you tries to make you care about the plot. Or you've never seen that part of the porn. <laughs> well, I mean, it just fast forward right, right to straight the, to the pink. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, I hate you. I'm going skiing. <laughs> Another skiing work trip is calling me. <laughs> um, yeah, that. Uh, so was it uncomfortable watching all those sex scenes in a packed theater? Was it uncomfortable? Yes. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I guess it I was. I guess everyone knew what they were there for, though. So people yeah. were not like caught by surprise. Uh, people were very excited about it. People, there was a lot of yelling at the screen. Like hooting um, and hollering? Yeah. A oh. Lot of, a lot of very positive. Everyone seemed oh, into it. Oh, well, good. There was one point that like people screamed. Like, it, was like a, you know, it was like a scare effect. There was a jump, which is a weird thing to have in that movie. In the middle of a sex scene? In- <laughs> <laughs> no, that's her butthole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's. I'm going to go ahead and say it's a consumer moderation. I think that you will either find it... Um, if you if you if you saw the first one and you think this is gonna be fun, you're gonna like it. Um, and if you want to see something that's pretty ridiculous and also kind of interesting, I, I think it's fun. Well, I think it's fine. Is my professional. <laughs> I believe that's the exact word I use at the end of my lengthy attempt to describe the first movie. It's fine. It's fine. It's not like so terrible. I've seen. I feel like we've <clears throat> yeah. seen more terrible movies. Right. This is the kind of thing people just want to be bitches about Fifty Shades, and mm-hmm. I don't know that it's deserved. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and I think it's one of those things where people are harder on it for you know reasons of, of genre that is targeted more to women. And I think that that should yes. be examined. Mm-hmm. I think that that should be really looked at and been like, is this really about the movie itself and its failings? Or is this just about underlying prejudices against certain genres? Yeah, I mean, like, or presidents, presidential <laughs> candidates. Right. Um, yeah, I mean... There definitely, it definitely has giant flaws and it is super uneven, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to say binge it, but I, I, yeah, I would feel bad saying send it back. You weren't hating life while you were watching it. No, no, it was so weird. But anyway, it is out now and it's rated R for strong erotic sexual content, some graphic nudity and language. And that brings us to sequel number two, which is John Wick chapter two. Legendary hitman John Wick is forced back out of retirement by a former associate plotting to seize control of a shadowy international assassin's guild. Bound by a blood oath to help him, John travels to Rome where he squares off against some of the world's deadliest killers. Whoever comes, 
I mean, it definitely came out while I was doing movie reviews, but I missed it probably because I was like, Keanu Reeves action movie, no. It didn't have any real appeal to me. Sure. Um, you know, just let's talk about Keanu Reeves for a second. Absolutely. Would love to. <laughs> like, what has become of Keanu Reeves? It's such an interesting thing that he has kind of, this progression. I was looking at his filmography the other day to be like, when did Keanu Reeves stop playing like conventional Hollywood leading men. Because hmm. he's always been kind of an outlier because he always had that kind of um, spacey quality to him that made him the, the target of just similarly to Fifty Shades Darker. Sure. Um, you know, sort of like an easy target. And he's certainly been memed into oblivion with sad Keanu and the likes of that. Mm-hmm. The thing that makes John the John Wick films work so well is that there's almost sort of a tacit acknowledgement of his sad Keanu-ness. Yeah, absolutely. It's sort of like sad Keanu as like a, an unkillable murder machine. He definitely has a melancholy about him. He does have a melancholy about him. So I was looking back, and I think the last time he played a conventional, what I would consider a conventional Hollywood leading man. Speed? was No, um, in The Lake House with uh, Sandra oh, Bullock yeah. in like 2006. I forgot about that. And since then, he has done almost exclusively genre work. Mm-hmm. And, um, which he's very good at, you know, but he's kind of like, you know, it's almost, he's like Liam Neeson. He's one, and he's, he's, I think Keanu Reeves is like 52. Yeah. Um, and he is doing only action films. We're in this unique, and I guess it's not even a new thing. This has been, this is a way that male actors have always um, enjoyed a certain um, longevity of career more than female actors because mm-hmm. like male actors get to play action gods until they're literally dead. Right. What was the one where it's like all of them? It's like Schwarzenegger. The Expendables. And the Expendables. Mm-hmm. It's just an old crew of old yeah, just men. Just a bunch of codgers kicking ass. Um, and taking names and then forgetting them. <laughs> uh, but, you know, women, there's no there's no similar thing that women get to play up no. until the very end. Um, so this is this is a well-worn path that Keanu Reeves mm-hmm. is going down. But he's more of a Nicolas Cage type figure at this point in his career. Would you agree with that? He's kind of, in that sense that he's... In like, that he's, he's like a joke? In that, well, yeah, that he's like a cult star. Yes, in that he's a cult star for sure. Yeah. Um, I do feel like there's still questions. I, I think people don't don't... Uh, wouldn't see a movie that stars him as as much as they would for Nicolas Cage. Mm. That's probably true. Uh, but I do think Keanu has a better chance of opening a film theatrically. I think Nick Cage has had more um, mm, yeah. VOD releases. I mean, I just I've stopped counting after The Matrix. That sure. was when he mattered to me most, and uh, then I won't ever acknowledge anything else, <laughs> even though I just saw John Wick too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting, uh, you know, and he. He he's represented so much. When you think back on his career, thinking back to like the Bill and Ted movies, mm-hmm. but he's always there's always been sweet like, November, sweet November. I mean, he was in Dangerous Liaisons, right? Oh yeah, yeah. He's in My Own Private Idaho. I oh mean, you know, yeah. I mean, like he has done some great work. Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're looking at a IMDb, but you're not. I'm not, for the record. Um, just pulling these off the old noggin, but. Uh, you know, and now here we are, and he has he has kind of stumbled upon another successful action franchise. Mm-hmm. Like no one could have known the Matrix would do as well as it did. So this doesn't like the first one didn't come out. Um, like it didn't have a lot of marketing behind it. It wasn't expected to do really well, was it? No, no, no. This no. kind of became um, something that people found later. People found it. It was like a word of mouth hit. And it also just occurred to me that Keon didn't. He did not do Speed Two Cruise Control. So that would suggest <laughs> that he did not want to, because although even though he did not die at the end of Speed 1. Um, Spoiler alert. So, um, you know, it's so and, and that bombed. And so you think that that would actually affirm his uh, his thing about not doing sequels. Mm-hmm. But um, but maybe he just wants to make that money. I mean, who knows? But John Wick is, yeah, like we're saying, it was a word of mouth hit that people didn't really have on their radar. And uh, the first film is the fun of it. And one of the ways it differentiates from this film 
um, is that it's hilariously simple and the Mm -hmm. whole thing is kind of a joke, but it's played very straight faced and like very deadpan with just the slightest like upturn of a smile. Um, you know, so we have this this notion of Keanu Reeves playing uh, this this legendary hitman killer, mm-hmm. uh, John Wick. We don't know he's that when we first see him. We think he's just a, a sad guy, sad Keanu. His wife has just passed away. And um, he goes and gets a puppy. And then some guys come and steal his fancy sports car and kill his puppy. And then he goes on a killing rampage to avenge that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the nutshell description of it sounds funny. And yeah. it is funny. And... Um, and it is the the violence is spectacular. It's funny that the movie Keanu yes. is called that and it's about kind of guys that go yeah. on a serial killer spree to get a mm. cat back. That's true. Hmm. This is just this think, is a, just nuggets to think yeah, about. It's a, it's a point of connection. You the know? world is tied up with secret knots. This is a <laughs> just like my stomach. <laughs> it's not a these secret. These days <laughs> we can all hear it. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, that is an even more specific subgenre he works in, specifically that of avenging um, mm-hmm. the the you know the the brutalization of small animals. I can get behind that. That's absolutely something we can all get behind. Um, so anyway, here we are at John Wick Two, and it is quite a bit more compl- uh, complicated story wise than the first one, mm-hmm. um, which takes out maybe a little bit of just like how easy and broad the first film was Mm -hmm. because we do have a fair bit of they do a lot more world building here they do um you know we had uh you know so we're learning a lot more about sort of the network of people with whom john wick interacts Mm -hmm. and the movie is still very funny in how um kind of vast and expansive it makes this network look yeah it really is um and like all the resources that are available to them around the world yeah i feel like i thought during this movie i was like oh man someone's gonna think this is real and they're gonna get on reddit this is like what people think pizzagate's about there's this whole like sub network of people right. who are like withdrawing and and creating like bounties on people and mm-hmm. every other person that you see on the street is also an assassin and they're all like yes. getting messages about like what the, who they has a hit out on them exactly and, and there's just know, money being trained transferred and like all these secret weapons uh, stores that are behind yes. like well, tea shops and when you and when one comes across those people i would direct you to former uh guest of the show Lindsay gebhardt who this week masterfully displayed on facebook how to draw someone out who believes in the illuminati what yes Ooh, yes. I would need to find that. Is that yes. on the internet? She well, she posted um, the Infowars article that said that Lady Gaga was going to perform a satanic ritual at the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, which oh was a God. which was a real Alex Jones, right? And um, and then this guy, who I'm surprised doesn't have a cabinet position at this point. That is remarkable. I mean, the, the, we're only a few. The weeks restraint in. of our president we're, is really <laughs> hats off, hats off to dear leader. But you know, so and a guy back from Ohio. Uh, who I know as well, actually, um, commented, and he's like, "Well, Lady Gaga does use satanic imagery in her no. in her um, in her uh, art constantly. They all do, oh um, and so you know, this is actually not that far fetched." And um, and this is a guy who Lindsay was once very close with, we'll say, and she was um, dismayed with her, with her with her past choices, but then she decided to turn it around. And um, and just ask him very calm, non-judgmental questions to kind of draw him out um, to be like, okay, well, like you know, what are these symbols? Is there a guide to them? And, <laughs> and he'd be like, well, why are you asking? And she's like, oh, I'm just curious. And she was like really careful about how to ask about it. And um, she gradually got him into this like very lengthy thread where he was like talking to her as if he did not like he completely trusted her. Ah. Oh. And um and God, so it, so foolish. So it worked. Um, but then another friend of hers like jumped in, was like, "You're a fucking lunatic!" <laughs> and um, he was like, "Well, fuck Sorry you!" And then he's like, oh, "Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly." <laughs> Rebecca's like, "As I said, I was very distraught last week." <laughs> it's like that video about the woman media. who's like looking at the monster energy drink can. Have you ever seen that? I don't know. Oh, I have. Okay, we'll put we'll put it on the Facebook page. We'll put it on the Facebook page. Anyway, so anyway. cycling back. Uh, yeah. So the movie is very is very into the world building. There's a lot lot more kind of contrivance this time around to power the story it's no longer just about john wick avenging himself Mm -mm. it's sort of about the consequences that he has to pay because he got back into the game Mm -hmm. after having gone out of the game and it turns out that there was something that he had done to like get out in terms of like accepting some kind of thing i don't know it's convoluted it is um a series of oaths a series of oaths um and which is fine whatever but you know but it's really about the um the thrill of the hunt. So this was the second 
this was the first actual sequel you saw this week, having not seen the first one. Mm-hmm. How did your experiences um, uh, compare of watching John Wick 2 and Fifty Shades Darker, having not seen either first film? John Wick 2, I mean, I feel like I feel like once I hear what it's about, I kind of want to see it. Mm-hmm. But I I didn't think it mattered to the movie at all. Yeah. Uh, the movie was fine standalone. Uh, where Fifty Shades, I, I did regret not watching the first one. Yeah. Um, and uh, so you felt, did you enjoy watching John Wick 2? um there are things about it that i enjoy um i do like the world building i mean i there are things you know it was like it was in rome there was a lot of like old architecture um i like the sort of secret society thing um and just the um like the extravagance and wealth with which these people live and these things that they can do and get um i thought was kind of fun um i thought the action scenes were insane uh i don't watch a lot of action movies so i feel like it's been a while and now what they do is crazy (laughs) just get knocked around um too many headshots Mm. um but yeah i mean it was it was not a good movie i mean i feel like it this the plot is really uh could have been a lot better um but you know if you just want to watch people fight and and shoot each other i think it's it's a pretty good time Mm, mm mm-hmm mm-hmm uh, Ruby Rose is Ruby also Rose, in the film. Uh-huh, plays a deaf assassin. Yes, or well, just mute, isn't she? Or is she hard to say? Yeah, the point is she doesn't speak; she only signs. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and and I dare say she looked a little like your missus. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. There were a couple of <laughs> shots where I thought there was a resemblance. Huh? I didn't. I didn't pick up on that. Uh, Which is funny because she also signs. Uh, oh, is that right? Yeah, maybe we have a Halloween costume coming up. Uh-oh, I see it all now. Uh, also, Common was in it. He Common plays another assassin. He was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Very Com- physical. Common goes all in on this one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of... there's. It starts off with a, a lot of hilarious referential jokes about the first movie. That kind of catches you up because the, the first movie is so simple to describe and to comprehend mm-hmm. that they kind of get you there in, like... 35 seconds <laughs> after, the, after the movie begins. Um, you you understand the mythology, the lore of John mm-hmm. Wick as he's understood. And then he just comes in and starts kicking asses. And um, the hilarious thing, one of the many hilarious things about these movies is that everyone rolls with like 700 bodyguards. Yeah. Yes. I mean, when you know, when you're in a secret society of sure, assassins and sure. uh, I would assume that you would go with no less. Yes. And like with a John Wick movie, you are signing up for generally like at least you're signing for like three to five full on massacres Yeah. Um, that go on for many, many minutes. It's like Kill Bill with guns. And yeah, which is just, and it's just headshot after headshot after headshot. These movies have a very distinct effect they do for blood, uh, for, for splatter. Mm hmm. Um, which is, and it, it's almost makes it more video game like because it's always, it's very bright red. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of takes it out of any kind of like overly realistic sense. And there, and there's just so many like just nameless minions who are dispatched. Yes. Like it yes. feels like it quite literally could break a hundred. What is it? Um, the crazy 88s? Yeah, the crazy saying? 88s. Yeah, exactly. And there's just, and he just, you know, he just kills them all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and it's, it's, it's numbing. Because it just goes and goes and goes. And you're like, I've never seen so many people be shot in the head consecutively in my life. No, but they're always more coming. Even on that trip to Cambodia. Um, <laughs> oh, God. But uh, yeah, there's always more. There's uh-huh. always- um, so there's a part in this movie where there is a reunion of sorts. Mm. Um, we see um, mm-hmm. Matrix co-stars, yes. Keanu Reeves and Lawrence Fishburne mm-hmm. um, interacting. together again. What did you think about What did you think about that? Um, I thought that it was, I mean, it was cute to see them. Um, it was cute to see them. <laughs> it was cute because it's kind of like, oh, look, they're together again. I mean, I feel like that's the feeling you have when old co-stars reunite. Like, oh, that's cute. Where's Carrie Ann? Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought Lawrence Fishburne was kind of overdoing it with his character in this because mm-hmm. he has very limited screen time and he's really trying to just like chew that scenery. And really I feel does. like it's a little misguided. Um, but it was nice to see him and, uh, you know, to sort of compare the different ways they've aged. And, um, you know, yeah, that was cute. So, you know, I think that, you know, this movie also had a little bit more kind of lag time. I think the first one did. Like, there were a couple of, like, bits, almost like Fifty Shades, similarly to Fifty Shades, <laughs> where it's just, like, it's just the, the, the filler in between yeah. the big showcase scenes in that, the sex scenes and this, the action scenes, is a little lacking. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do love how completely John Wick the films, both of them commit to this universe that they're building. And, uh, and, uh, you know, it's kind of like, it just never 
bats an eye. It never flinches from being just like this complete commitment to it. never really, I also appreciate that it doesn't really explain. It just lets you no. piece it together by watching it, that there is like this international network of a sat and they kind of introduce a call center in this film. Yeah. I can't remember if that was in the last <laughs> film. I don't think it was. Um, it's, it's pretty great. So I have to say, you know, as far as action films go, I think the John Wick films are doing it way better than pretty much anything else I can think of that is literally just an action movie, not trying to pretend it's more than yeah, that. Yeah, that's so important. That's mm-hmm. so important. Um, so what are you going to get this one? Um, you know, I mean, I, 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 I don't know if I can go full binge. I feel like I'm going to give it a consume plus. Yeah, I'm going to say consume plus. Yeah. There's a time and a place for this movie for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, and I feel like, I mean, with you know, the violence is, there's, you know, there's definitely a gun porn kind of mm-hmm. a vibe to bits of it. Um, and yet it has such a Euro action detachment mm. that doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't have that weird, gross, mm-hmm. like American slobbering feel to it. <laughs> like, you know, cause Keanu is so aloof in mm-hmm. his vibe and most of it does take place kind of like either in Europe or in Manhattan yeah. or something like that. So, um, but yeah, so yeah, consume plus I, uh, I, I'm not mad at John Wick too. Same here. And um, it is rated R for strong violence throughout some language and brief nudity. And that brings us to what I am surprised to say is the pick of the week, the Lego Batman movie. (laughs) There are big changes brewing in Gotham, but if Batman wants to save the city from the Joker's hostile takeover, he may have to drop the lone vigilante thing, trying to work with others, and maybe, just maybe, learn to lighten up. Maybe a superhero sidekick Robin and loyal butler Alfred can show him a thing or two. Hey, Pewter, I'm home, I'm home, I'm home, I'm home, I'm home, I'm home. Welcome home, sir. Initializing Batcave music. So, did anything exciting happen today? I saved the city again. It was off the chain. Anyway, I should probably have some grub. Alfred left your lobster thermidor in the fridge. Oh, that's my favorite. I can't wait. Let me just say that, um, so I, you know, put the trailer in and we listen to it. We're trying to, we try to figure out the best part and we listen to it a couple of times. And every time Jason cannot stop laughing at just that trailer bit, <laughs> I, wow, this, this movie tickled you. It did. It I don't, really did. I don't know anything about why, why it's Lego, why mm-hmm. it's Batman. Is this a Batman movie? Is this a Lego movie? It's both. Can you explain That's just why a little bit? It's called the Lego Batman movie. Okay. Can you... Well, explain it yes okay so um there was a movie called the lego movie okay did you see that nope rebecca i am an adult <laughs> it wasn't it was a movie that adults loved it was an adult like it's not an adult movie but this is a movie that was predominantly almost almost i would say like every adult i knew was obsessed with that movie it's such a funny smart hilarious movie hmm. you have to see it is it like the emoji movie the emoji no so that's the thing so you hear lego movie and i certainly remember when i first heard there was gonna be a lego movie i was like well that sounds horrible yes um because it sounds like you know grotesque product placement yada 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 but like no 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 like the lego movie is a straight up masterpiece genuinely so it's a masterpiece and uh so batman appeared in that movie quickly i'm gonna go home right now i'm either gonna watch lego movie one Mm -hmm. john wick one or 50 shades of gray which one do i watch first lego movie wow okay yeah um, it is, I think you will enjoy it. Um, it is, uh, so it's a tremendous film. It did inc- incredibly well at the box office. Um, I thought that it win the animated movie Oscar. Um, I think, you know, it had a song called Everything is Awesome that I believe was nominated at the Oscars for Best Original Song, um, and performed by T and Sarah. <laughs> um, oh boy. Yes. Oh boy. <laughs> yes, the, the plot thickens. This is right in your wheelhouse. It is. Um, so anyway, so there was the Lego movie and it was tremendous and it's not about, um, you know, it, it's so well done. It's so clever and funny and arc and kind of, you know, meta and self-referential that like you forgive it within like two seconds of it starting of any allegations of like, this is just trying to sell Legos that you would make. Like it's so, um, the first one is actually like an anti-consumerist screed. Really? Um, I also feel like Legos don't need any help. Exactly. That's the thing. You know, it's really just a clever way to animate a movie okay. um, to have everything, every like set be built out of Legos. 
Um, and that's kind of what they try to commit to in these movies is the idea that like everything is just Legos. And um, so yeah. Is it like stop motion? Um, I think they use some stop motion in this. I haven't actually looked very deeply into um, the production methods, but I believe there's some stop motion and they kind of, uh, everything is just Legos from here to the here to eternity. I and, haven't uh, even seen a trailer. Oh. Yeah, I'm really, yeah. I mean, I guess now, now yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, going to. Yeah, the whole to. first one was all, it was like this screed about like conformity and consumerism and like you, I think would be very pleasantly surprised when you watch it. I don't so, know, I'm really into conformity and consumerism, <laughs> let me tell you. Well, then you'll be very angry. This movie's against them. <laughs> um, but, so, Batman appeared in that film. Um, there were a ton of, because um, we have this main character who's voiced by Chris Pratt, and he goes on this kind of adventure, and he ends up running into all these different sort of, like, Lego famous characters, and one of them is Batman, um, played by Will Arnett, who is just one of our finest voiceover mm. artists. Between this and BoJack Horseman, uh, Will oh, Arnett right, is, yeah. is is impeccable. So funny. We'll laugh at literally anything he says. So, um, yeah, so they gave Batman his own movie because I know there are certain things that are licensed. And obviously it comes down to licensing like most things do with like well-known characters. But um, they had the license for Batman. And um, and they uh, and it's Warner Brothers. And, you know, Warner released all the Batman movies. And Warner kind of owns the rights to Batman. So they're like, well, let's do a Lego Batman movie. And it is it keeps the spirit of the Lego movie alive in terms of like having tons of fun, being self-referential, being incredibly self-aware, lots of in-jokes and gags about the history of the Batman universe, tons of jokes about previous Batmans and Batman movies. And uh, they have, um, so the Joker is um, is a villain in this, played, uh, voiced by Zach Galifianakis. Mm. And, um, and as he's like coming in to get Batman again, he's kind of like, He's like, ah, you know, I'm going to get him because he never sees me coming. And someone's like, oh, yeah, but what? wasn't there that one parade with all the Prince music? And, uh, and he's like, oh, what about that one? Do you did you see? Have you seen the first Batman movie? <sighs> is this is this just mm. more, more, more shame? Mm. Have you seen any Batman movies? Mm. Any at all? None. I did see the one where Christian Bale goes to study in like a Buddhist the first one, Batman, Batman Begins, yeah, with maybe. Katie Holmes. Mm-hmm. Was she still I think, playing? Was she I don't know? remember. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that I've seen any. Okay. Um, well, then I don't recommend this movie to you. Okay. Um, well, I mean, I think you, I think you probably still enjoy it just because Will Arnett's characterization of Batman is so funny. Um, you didn't see Batman versus Superman either, did you? They mm-hmm. didn't let me bring a guest to that one. Nope. Um, so. Um, one of the reasons the Lego Batman movie works so well is um, not only does it have a tremendous fanboy-pleasing sense of humor about the entire history of Batman, um, but uh, it also is just so light and so entertaining. And, you know, the biggest criticism that people have had since Christopher Nolan took over for Batman is that it got so heavy mm-hmm. and so dark and just so gloomy. And it was just this dirge to get through. And, um, you know, and I think Christopher Nolan did quite a lot for, you know, just the artistry of a superhero film and what it could be. Um, but in the process, what he did became so popular that now everyone feels like that's what it has to be. And mm-hmm. um, and so now you have, like, much lesser filmmakers like the Zack Snyders of the world trying to ape Christopher Nolan's heaviness and somber approach in films like Batman vs. Superman mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and him not being nearly sophisticated enough as a filmmaker to kind of pull off why it did work for Christopher Nolan. Gotcha. Um, so, uh, so this is a very welcome respite from the self-seriousness. Um, and I'd say that, you know, it's not universal. It's especially DC. Um, since Marvel, with movies like The Avengers, has clearly shown how to have a lot of fun and to not take itself too seriously. Is that Deadpool? Um, Deadpool is, it's it's like, I think that's a separate entity. Okay. I think technically, technically it's... We don't have to go down yeah, this. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, yeah, yeah, so this did remind me, <laughs> it did remind me of Deadpool right from the onset because um, if you remember, Deadpool had fun with his opening credits. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and this one also does, um, except for it has like, from right whenever like the title cards of the production companies are coming up, Will Arnett is already like kind of like making fun of them okay. o- over the audio, and uh, and it's yeah, it's just kind of like and I was like okay, like are they they're gonna try to have it be like really like in on the joke and winking and meta and is it gonna work? And it does. It's actually funny enough um, that it works. It has a tremendous voice cast. 
Um, uh, Michael Sarah plays Robin. <laughs> um, Ray Fiennes as the voice of Alfred. Um, Jenny Slate plays Harley Quinn. Oh, <laughs> She's nice. She's not in it nearly enough, but she does do the voice. She's a great voice actor, too. She is, yes. I, I, I watched The Secret Life of Pets on one of my flights. Did you like it? Yeah, she's the best part. Oh, my God. She is so good in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Rosario Dawson plays um, the daughter of the police commissioner who becomes the new commissioner. And Mariah Carey plays the mayor. I'm sorry? Mariah Carey plays the mayor of Gotham. How does that go? I couldn't stop picturing her in the booth recording it. <laughs> couldn't stop. Fair. I was imagining her, like, them just coming to her when she's, like, reclined on a chaise wearing a bustier <laughs> and a boa. With, like, a drop-down boom mic? Yeah. And they're, like, and she's, like, oh, darling, where's my script? And and uh, can I change this? I'm not, I, yeah, I'm just, yeah, just going deep on, on all of my Mariah's World um, fandom. Mm-hmm. So that was... And I was like, because I knew she was in it, and then I forgot. And then her voice just came on, and I was like, whose voice is that? <laughs> it was Mariah Carey's voice. Wow. What a treat for you. That was a treat for me. Um, so really, that's why I loved it. Just yeah. Mariah Carey. The that's rest fair. of it was. Um, it has a lot of fun um, playing with. Uh, it's the first movie to ever really kind of mock Batman to the extent to which Batman as a character deserves to be mocked. Mm. Um, and it definitely, you know, sort of like in Trumpian times, there's much, you know, parallels to be drawn, mm-hmm, you know, with this mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, this like thin skinned narcissistic billionaire, mm-hmm, uh, with no mm-hmm. regard for the law. Uh, mm-hmm. sounds familiar. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, and one thing that it does, I think I remember ranting about this when we reviewed Batman versus Superman, that that film made us yet again live through watching Batman's parents be killed. Oh when yeah. He's a mm-hmm. little boy. So it, the way this movie does that is it just um, it shows him staying in his cat in his in his mansion looking at a picture of himself with his parents and over his parents shoulders there's a street sign and the street name is Crime Alley. <laughs> and um and so you know just little little touches like that yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't make us go through that again. I mean, it definitely sounds like a movie for a Batman fan. I think it is a movie for a Batman fan. I think that um it also uh, it, it, it takes a really unique look at the relationship between Batman and the Joker that is is kind of really um, homoerotic. Okay. Um, like there's a scene um, toward the beginning where because the whole thing is about like you know the, the, the kid friendly narrative here is that Batman is a loner and he needs to learn he that he needs to like interact with others to mm-hmm. to live in this world and he needs to ask for help and he needs to like have friends and things like that. Um, and, uh, so toward the beginning of the film, he like breaks up with the Joker, <laughs> um, because like the Joker is like, ah, I'm your greatest enemy. And Batman's like, not really. And, <laughs> and, um, and you know, Batman's like, I don't care about you. And the Joker is like, like sobbing. Oh, wow. Um, and it, it, it's actually like, it makes you like, you get a little choked up watching this breakup scene between Batman and the Joker. And so there's a, a, a tremendous emphasis on the emotional, um, codependency of Batman and the Joker in this movie. Um, that is great. And again, it's probably something that would be much more appreciated by a fan mm-hmm. of um, of Batman. With that said, speaking of Batman fans, I posted to our Facebook group last week to alert everybody that we wouldn't be having a new show and also announced what movies we would be reviewing and asked for any viewer comments or questions, mm-hmm. listener questions rather. And, um, and friend of the show, David Fitzgerald, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. asked if we could rank all the Batmans, which I see I'll be doing alone. Mm-hmm. Um... And so, I mean, I, I mean, number one, I would have to say would be Michael Keaton. Okay. Um, I think that you know the Tim Burton films, um, also similarly similarly to Christopher Nolan, revolutionized what how people thought of superhero films and what they could be like. And his aesthetic was so you know original and rich and crazy. And um, and Michael Keaton had like the right balance of kind of like the 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 humor and the wise ass and and you know and but also like fun believable action dude. So he was number one. I'd say uh, Will Arnett is now number two for me. Oh wow. Um, Christian Bale I guess is number three, but he like when I think about those movies I don't think about him like at all. Mm-hmm. Um, although of course I mean the Will Arnett thing is 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 his casting is almost primarily a joke about Christian Bale's ridiculous voice he used mm-hmm. when he was playing Batman. Um, so I would say Christian Bale, I guess, just because you know he is a great actor, but he almost you know you just don't think about him. There were so many showy performances around him. When you think about the first Batman films, the Michael Keaton ones, you do also think of Keaton. 
And after that, I feel like there's no point in even ranking George Clooney and mm-hmm. Val Kilmer. It's like a race to the bottom. <laughs> I don't know what to... Are you missing Adam West? Oh, I'm missing Ben Affleck. That's who I'm mm, missing. Okay. Um, I'm like, I'm like, no, I'm not missing Adam West. Okay. Um, I'm only talking about movie Batman. Oh, I'm Although sorry. I guess there was probably some. I think there was a Batman movie starring Adam West. Um, sure. I mean, Adam West is Adam West. I mean, like, I, I, I don't, I, I'm not as as up on the Adam West world. Oh, oh Adam West world. I'll, I'll put, <laughs> I'll put him. Um, put him let's say before bail why not okay before bail all right so we, so we have, have keaton, uh, keaton will arnett, arnett adam west christian, christian bale, bale um then ben affleck uh-huh. um and then clooney and then kilmer there done there you go david done um and uh and guys uh feel free to keep hitting us up with any questions you want like if you, i want to keep us announcing on facebook what movies we're going to be reviewing and uh, so you guys can let us know if you have any things you want us to specifically talk about in our reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you are giving this, I assume, a binge it. This it's is, the big of the week. Yeah, yeah, binge it. This is a, this is a real delight. And it's uh, rated PG for rude humor and some action. And that's it. We did all three. We're back. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be gone the next two weeks. Is that a problem? <laughs> Uh, who signs off my PTO? So I'm going on sabbatical. Um. <laughs> I'm going back to the mountain. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Please uh, be sure to uh, subscribe if you haven't. Um, and you can follow us on Twitter. Um, I am at Fight Balance and Jason is... Excess Faggage. And again, like he mentioned, we've uh, been posting more stuff on Facebook because that's a thing. I feel like uh, people are using more now <laughs> to get terrible news from people they love and people they didn't know they hated. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Binging on movies with Rebecca and Jason. You made it to the end, that's amazing. There goes the binge. Something's something's popping. Ooh, is it my pussy? <laughs>